Welcome to Nairobi Chapel and Bakasi. We grow deep to reach wide. Open your Bible to the book of 1 John chapter 2 from verse 12 to 17. 1 John chapter 2 from verse 12 to 17. Here's a list of the many famous lies ever told in history and that we still encounter today. Number one, have you ever heard of this one? Only two left to go. Let me explain. Wawili two, twenty. Wawili two. Wawili two. You know those guys. Eh? And every time I, I see them, I'm like, see Wawili. And these guys are confident. Wawili! Twenty. Ah, yeah, this is another one. That outfit fits you very well. <laughs> or like we know it, he only says, Yako Kamsa. Toy market. I'm not mentioning names. I have read and agreed. You and all of us. I'm an Mipekyang. Because a contract, but then Kuna signature. Maybe in social media. Nidot, you click. I have read and agreed. I'm stuck in traffic. Nico Kwajam. Anakam. This is my best. I'm just over here by the leaves. Nico Kwalift. Hey, you need to stop lying. This one, I am not pointing any fingers. I'll be there in five minutes. <laughs> Give me just five minutes. I'm not even set as young gay. This one I think we've used most of us. I'm in a meeting. Two. <laughs> I'm in a meeting. Well, in fact, you just I You don't want to talk. I'm in a meeting. Now, this one is for the married in the house. I am not going to look at the couples. <laughs> this one, I'm, my wife is in the building. I'm just looking straight at my notes. I've got a headache. <laughs> I'm so tired. I'm going to bring it back to us. Sweetie, how does this dress make me look? Do I look fat in this dress? Hey! <laughs> Husbands, boyfriends in the house. The answer to that question is always? Always? Shambas are Zuri. Always. This is another one. I'm fine. How are you doing? And you know deep down your heart. Now, or us believers. I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you. I'll be standing within the place of prayer. Hmm. The following stats will shock you, but they're known to us. By the age of four, 90% of children have learned the concept of lying. By the age of four, they actually know what it is to lie. You remember vividly when you were a child and you realized this thing called sugar came to the realization. You took it, but forgot that it sticks to your lips. Your parent came, or your guardian walked in the room, and they went, What are you doing? Nothing. Akuna. Say, job. Age four. We can all remember how it was. 60% of adults 
cannot have a 10-minute conversation without lying at least once. And the adults in the room, you've been here for how long? Two hours, one hour. <laughs> Jesus help us. Within those 10 minutes, an average of three or four lies are normally told. So in a 10-minute conversation, for example, let me give you one. Manchester United is the biggest team in the world. <laughs> you know which team it belongs to. Now, this one is what I don't agree with. He is, you agree? At the six lies are told daily by men, whereas three lies are told by women. But I, I researched, I was like, at men tell more lies than women. Yes, yeah, we refuse. It's another lie. Men apparently tend to lie in a self-serving way. Hey, it's about our ego. Hey, boss, I am six foot two. Say only five nine. I have three million in the account. Say Fuliza. We deflect blame. We avoid embarrassment, or we just want don't want our feelings to be hurt. But women instead tell a lie that is meant to make others feel better. Hey, look nice in that dress. <laughs> Lying is considered more common among phone calls on the phone. You know, Akwoni, you don't know where I am, boss. You say, you can be Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi. Like, eh, she thought, anyway. One lie in every seven is discovered. So you see those three to four? By the time left number seven, I think any completion, the Bible, I don't know. As far as liars can tell, we, we discover it. We are such a lying society. Baka, it's normal. It's gone into a place where um, telling, especially these small lies, what are they called? White lies. It is so common in our society today. There's white lies. I realized the other day, Kumbi, there's gray lies, black lies, even red. Red, that's in a canilla. Outright. We even given them names, harmless half-truths. They're harmless. So, not a lie, it's a harmless half-truth. We've said broken promises. Yeah, we promise you it could happen, so it's broken. But in it, it's a lie. Exaggeration. Hey, Kwanza here. Hey, Manu Sindio is exaggerating. We lie to make ourselves look good, to get out of trouble, and majorly to avoid hurting the feelings of others. It is actually a statistics, a statistic that Kenyans are so good in making others feel better about themselves. So in continuing to do that, we lie a lot. Atukwangi are to very direct. No wonder when you see guys very direct, even in shows like X Factor and stuff, you're shocked. You're like, Daniel hey, direct. What do you mean? But with everything, or like everything else, we must always remember that lies have an origin. To begin the conversation on lies, we must go back to the place of asking ourselves. Where did lies come from? And since we are not guys who do not know scripture, 
Like if I ask this question, where did less come from? Your answer would be lies in top of Where did it start? Theologians were Where did lying start? We know. Yes. At the Garden of Eden. Open the Bibles to Genesis 3. Allow me to read for us this time. Genesis 3, the origin of this thing called life. Genesis 3, I'll read from verse 1 to 7. Genesis 3. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say, You must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say, You must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it, or you will die. Verse 4, You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened. You will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food, pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also say, uh, gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it, as if he had a choice. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig trees together, and made coverings for themselves. Adam naive are just trolling. Imagine the scenery. They're just trolling. Major God is in the Garden of Eden with them, lives with them, dwells with them. They're just trolling. They see the tree to Yambiwa. This is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. These one are not supposed to eat from this one. <laughs> but then there is something strange this time. The devil is right there. And so they engage in a conversation. Kidogo kidogo. The forbidden fruit, kidogo kidogo. They have sinned, and here we are. Jesus speaking to the Pharisees and Jews in John chapter 42, ch chapter 8, sorry. Verse 42, um, John chapter 8 tells them this eh? If God were your father, you would love me. For I have come here from God. I have not come on my own because God sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? He's talking to the Pharisees and the Jews. These guys were like, this dude, man, why is he saying he's from God? Why is he talking about the kingdom? Why is he claiming he's the Messiah? Why, why, why? He asked them, why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say, Jesus tells them. You belong to your father, hey, the devil, Jeez. and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, hey, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Yet because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Can any of you prove me guilty of sin? If I'm telling the truth, why don't you believe me? Verse 47. Whoever belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. Jesus was telling the Pharisees, imagine. 
the Jews. Jesus was a Jew. Guys from his family line could not even hear him. I've read that to remind us, or to just answer the question, lies in top up. The devil is the father of all lies. And so in this month, my prayer, as we continue on to almost close in a few, I hope that we'll begin to understand that this thing that we dance with called lies is straight from the devil. He loves it when we thrive in it because now we are walking and talking stuff. That is his kingdom. That is where that is where he reigns. So the more we engage in it, the more we are doing exactly what he wants us to do. Allow me to read a couple of verses for us. Because one of the things I must remind you, even as we talk about the lies that we believe about God, is God hates lies. He hates them. It has gotten its way to the core of our society, but please remember, Leo, moving forward, God hates lies. Matthew 15, I'll read for you, Matthew 15, 19. From their hearts comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, all sexual immorality, theft, lying, and slander. Colossians 3, 9, don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your own sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Proverbs 24, 28, don't testify against your neighbors without cause, don't lie about them. Exodus 23, 1, you must not pass along false rumors. You must not cooperate with evil people by lying on the witness stand. Revelation 21, verse 8, the first part. Cowards, unbelievers, the corrupt, murderers, the immoral, those who practice witchcraft, idol worshippers, and get this, all liars. Hey, their fate is in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. God hates lies, people. Like we've seen in the book of Genesis, God hates lies because first and foremost, it normally contradicts who he is. God is not the father of lies. He is not the originator of lies. God is all truth. He is all light, not darkness. There is no darkness in him, the Bible tells us. So, he hates it because it normally contradicts who he is. So anything you believe about God that contradicts in scripture who he is, is a lie. For example, God helps those who help themselves. God helps those who help themselves. There's many times we say, God wants us to be happy. All God wants for me is happiness. God's purpose for my life must be in something I love to do. If I don't love to do it, God is only loving and caring. He never gets angry. He's only loving. Whom say he's all love? 
He does not have a, an ounce of even, this is what I like, jealousy in him. I'm at the opposite. God is only angry with the Old Testament. There's guys I know who do not read the Old Testament. Apple, he's angry. He's full of rules. He'll say, oh, pussy. He's not loving and caring. <laughs> what lies do you believe about God? Even for yourself. What has the devil drummed into your mind? And be to the point it is now truth to you. Which one is that? Like, can you just check about your life? What do I believe? Last time we actually, last month, we actually tackled some of them. Like in prayer. There's a time I actually believe God is supposed to talk to me audibly. Yeah, he talked to Moses. Now the scripture that um, Moses saw his face. Moses saw him, talked to him. So, Jehovah, you need to talk to me, Bana, for me to believe who you are. What lies do you believe about God? He only says yes. Come and pray. Jehovah, I need, I need a house in Runa. Yes. I need a wife. Yes. I need to be married by 21. Yes. What do you believe about God? And my prayer for you is you'd get into a, a place of introspection. You know, I said, okay. What have I been taught all through my life about this God? And maybe it was so harmless. The person who was even teaching you was just probably even just doing his thing. But it informed you about God to the point right now, who could place your eye. The devil attacks Eve's understanding in the following ways. Remember the story we just read about Adam and Eve? This is how the devil attacked Eve. He attacked Eve's knowledge of the word of God. Alimuliza, eh, did God really say? To his surprise, I'm sure he was lucky to find that Eve wasn't that conversant with exactly what God had said. She responds by stating what God actually said, but adds what he never said. She actually said, if you touch the fruit, you will die. If you look at God's instruction to Adam and Eve, this tree was cooler from the fruit. If they found the fruit having fallen down, they would dump it. They were told not to eat. Think about that for a second. Number two, he kept Eve in conversation on the matter. He saw that Eve was willing to continue in the talk and so continue to talk to her, tricking her as he went on. Even in their time, in their time, sat there, they talked. Number three is the core of our wholesome series. He then finally used the basis of all lies on earth. The basis of lies is from the book of Genesis. Here to me, He appealed to Eve's flesh by telling her she wouldn't die on eating the fruit. That it was actually good. He then appealed to her sight. And finally, her pride by telling her she'd be like God. All lies have the three as basis. They appeal to your flesh, they appeal to your sight, and then fill you with pride. So what are those lies? Can you look and tell, hey, Jehovah, Appa, 
I think I understand you very differently. What are the lies that we believe in our life about God that inform us, especially in what we're discussing today? Allow me to tackle just two as we finish. Number one, God helps those who help themselves. Amen. And it's been so spoken of to the point it's almost very okay right now to say that if I do my bit, God does his bit. Makes sense. It's logical. The formula again is the devil's appeal to the flesh, the sight, and the pride. To our flesh, the appeal lies in the reward for hard work. We'll feel good with ourselves because we've worked hard enough for God to reward the sweat he has mentioned in the book of Genesis. So if we work hard, he must bless it. And he owes you the blessing. To our sight, it looks good when God helps you because he almost magnified the, the work you do. If he blesses the work of your hands, that must be God. You've even heard of, sorry to even mention, drug dealers pray before they sell their drugs. God blesses the sweat of my, my bra. So, God helps those who help themselves. It looks good when God helps you because he almost magnifies a little what you do. Some of us call it, here it is, and I've done the same, favor. God decides to bless the work of our hands. We might be selling counterfeits, but to them, I say, God, I say, bless. Bless his stuff. Hey, as in, hey. You see, see, it is a mine. You may copy, but, hey, Jehovah. <laughs> hey, we are preaching to the verses. To our pride, the result of the help from God might actually look like a fat bank account. All this binds us because we forever become slaves to the notion, I hope you hear this, of trust in us, not in God. If whatever you're doing is you, this is me, this is the work of my hands, Jehovah bless this. The goods may not be actually right, but hey, Jehovah, you say you bless the work of the hands. It's trust in ourselves. Our hard work, our sharp minds, our quick wits, our strengths, our knowledge, our wisdom, and most purely based on our talent or giftings. The harder we work outside of God's will for our lives, the more we expect Him to bless. And so when He doesn't, ee, that's where trouble in us Jehovah, Mazes in Meskia, you're the God who owns the cattle in a thousand hills. So how come I have worked so hard in this, but yet I'm not seeing your Jehovah Jireh? Maybe, just maybe, our belief of who God is could twisted Kidogo. Against the grain of this, the word of God actually teaches on the grace of God. The grace of God. Relying on God, not just in the work, but in pointing you to the work that He wants you to do. What is it that God wants you to do? Is it the business or is it something else? Maybe it's totally different. 
Maybe it's the business. Women is the ministry. Because like I said last month, the pulpit is not the will of God for everyone. No, it's not. For some it's motherhood. For some it's business. For some it's whatever it is that God has given you as purpose for your life, the will. So the grace of God must be what we rely on, must be our point of wisdom. Because the grace of God puts it this way, God helps those who can't help themselves. None of us in this room, including myself, can do anything on my own. I can buy cheap on my way home, but even that ability, the money I get for that chipo, is not all my doing. Proverbs 28, 26 tells us, those who trust in themselves, hey, are fools. Those who walk in wisdom are kept safe. Isaiah 25, verse 4, you have been a refuge for the poor, a refuge for the need in the distress, a shelter from the storm, and a shade from the heat. He is a refuge. For those who can't on their own. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For it is by grace we have been saved. Through faith. And this is not from ourselves. It is a gift of God. Not by any of our acts. Lest any of us should boast. The grace of God gives us everything that we need for life. For goodness. And so what believing in ourselves does... It, it almost makes you the God. It makes you the one in charge. It makes me in charge of my salary. It makes me in charge of the business. And then include God. Hey, Joe, so you do your bit. Guys, let's restructure that back to him. Let's redirect it back to him. Jehovah. And yeah, when I came into this, I didn't know, I didn't even ask you if it was okay with you. I am not attacking hard work, my goodness, the sweat of the brow. That is what God has given us as a blessing in living in this world. If you do, you will get. If you go kwashamba, work a seed, it will grow. I am not attacking that in any way. My only thing is, can you get, take a step back and ask whether what you're doing is in line with what you want you to do? The biashara, the, the job, the friendship, whatever it is. Because we must get back to the space where he wants us to be. Otherwise, we will still continue living in the life that he blesses me with my choices. He will help me when I choose to ask him to help me. Amen? Finally, God is loving and caring, so he wants nothing but happiness for all of us. Whew, God is loving and caring, so all he wants for me and you is happiness, joy, peace in the Holy Ghost. Hey. The formula again, let's go back. Flesh, sight, pride. Let's, let's apply that. To our flesh... The devil's appeal is the promise of happiness, of a general feeling of good, calm, tranquility, peace, and nothing different most times. To our sight and pride, the devil's appeal is the false notion 
that we are known to be a people who should never have stress or never have stress. We are never unhappy. Nothing ticks us off. I am not in a bad place. I am always in a good place. This looks good on us, and so we excel in it. This eventually binds us because we commit all our strengths and energies to make sure we are happy. And in all circumstances, and if our happiness is attacked or interfered with in any way, then whatever brings unhappiness is wrong and must be dealt with quickly. It looks something like this. This guy, I can't. Why? He's not giving me lunch hour. What else? These colleagues, I can't. First of all, we're not connecting, we're not joining, so this workplace out, me and can't. Happiness is key, it's number one. Your happiness or nothing at all. God teaches us that ultimate happiness must be in him. Translation, or call it a different name, joy. It must be in him not in the strength of others. No one even in marriage you're told your happiness should not depend on your spouse. For those of us who are not married, praise the Lord. Uh, there's moments you wake up in the morning and you're like, those married understand. That cannot be the definition of your marriage. It cannot be the definition of your friendship. If you're friends with people you understand, these days you're excited, these days they're literally annoyed, the daylight's out of you. It's a normal thing in life. This does not mean that um, Gloom is the order of the day in the house of God, or in the courts of God, or in the things of God. No, it just means that if your sole purpose of living is happiness outside of God, there's a problem. This is true for the salvation, it's true for life, and even in marriage. Ecclesiastes 7.2, better to spend your time, hey, naive ask, I don't like it. But it's the verse of it's, it's God's word. Ecclesiastes 7:2. Better to spend your time at funerals than at parties. After all, everyone dies. So the living should take to, to heart. Take this to heart. Better spend your time at funerals. Why? Because you will consider the importance of life. Have you noticed in funerals, you take a lot of time to reflect? Have you noticed? Hey, man, say, this guy was, was early, yeah? At the party, you have no time to think about life. We are here to eat the meat. Praise the Lord. Philippians 4.4, rejoice in the Lord always. It's a song we know. In the good times and in the bad. When you're happy and when you're sad. 
your joy must be in him because it is our strength. You cannot avoid Christ alisema. Offenses will come. Remember when he said, offenses, me this is how I put it, must come. I normally see guys, uh, sorry I deviate to marriage things a lot, I'm married. See, yes, when I see guys in the honeymoon phase, I said in a scary bar, but Musema, I hope you understand that there is a stage after honeymoon. And you're conscious enough to know that the laughs may end. Because ukifika after honeymoon and it could surprise, most marriages tend to break at that point. When the difficulties begin, when you realize kumbe umseba na mbuzake unuka vizuri, yani kumbe he actually can steal before the shower. Before the shower, see at it, even after the shower. Kumbe, there's something called life. So life may choose to happen. But you don't go, hey, this God of ours, uh, uh, as in, he's the God of the good. He's a kind, he's a loving God. He's hiding in Guys, happiness should not be the standard of measure for your life, especially outside of Christ. Romans 12, 12, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Revelations 3, 10, because you obeyed my command to persevere, I will protect you. Those of you who are persevering in the midst of God, I will protect you from the great time of testing that will come upon the whole world to test those who belong to this world. Finally, blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, hallelujah, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Do you know what you believe that is false about God for yourself? Do you know? Maybe some of the struggles we have in life is because we have a wrong perspective of who he is. Kunavanya, we know God should be, and he's not matching the expectation, and he's not even from the scriptures. And I promise you, if that is where we are, then we're still living the lie. The temptation, the temptation story of Jesus will inform us that without the word of God, will never win this battle to be released, to be set free from the lies that we believe, especially about God. I love the scriptures. Love them. Because even in those difficult times, there is truth in scripture. God is truth. There is no lie in him. So the more you commit to his word, to reading, to meditating, to just opening it up and finding out for yourself what it's all about, the more these lies about him will dissipate. Slowly by slowly. It may, not, it may not be immediate, but it takes time. So, the same way Christ responded, it is written, is the same way to respond. Because believe you me, these final times of us living in this world, one of the toughest things we must protect is our knowledge of the word of God. Shikilia yo scripture ni kama, your very life depends on it. There are guys in China, for example, that cannot even openly share scripture. 
You know very well that in the West, the schools are not allowed the Bible in, in their space. And slowly coming into our society, guys, let's protect the word of God. Let's hold it dear. Let's meditate upon it. Do you know what it says? Do you get it only second hand and not take time for yourself to read it? Find it. This year I discovered, okay, not discovered, that sounds silly. But yeah, kind of came across audio Bibles, knew they existed. You know, when your life now starts becoming so busy, you're like, what time do I have to even find scripture? Audio Bibles work. Plug it on the car, and you got two hours on the road. I need to get to a meeting, traffic, Kuapo. I get the word of God. Let's find the word of God. Because the more we do it, the, the less the enemy will really affect you with beliefs, and especially beliefs about God. Allow me to read just three verses and it will be done. John 1 5. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. The light of God will permeate every darkness in your life. Any place that you have a misinformed thing about God, the light of God's word will get in there and extinguish all of that. Psalms 119 verse 130. The entrance of the words of God gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. God's word does that. Psalms 119.105. Your word is a lamp for my feet. A lamp for my feet and a light on my path. If you need clarity on your life, on the business, on the answer, on this lie that God is like this, it's not like this, the word of God is that light. Finally, Luke 11, 34, 35. Your eyes are a lamp of your body. When your eyes are healthy, your whole body also is full of light. But when they are unhealthy, your body is full of darkness. See to it then that the light within you is not darkness. People, God's word, and this is what we'll be talking about this whole month, is the power behind the lies that the enemy propagates to us. Join us every Sunday from 11 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. at Rubani House on Shriji Road, off Airport North Road.